Hello and welcome to Spiritually Queer with me, your host, Jane Lyon, where we talk about all things that intersect queer life and the spiritual path. We'll be exploring everything from sexuality to new age spiritualism, while of course keeping things rooted in tradition and celebrating queer liberation as human liberation. This is a warm and inclusive space for all to come and explore their queerness, their spirituality, and to live in devotion to creating a new earth. Shambhala is right here in front of us. Are you ready to dive in? Hello and welcome to Spiritually Queer, my loves. I have an incredible episode planned for you guys today. I'll be honest, like while I was editing it, I was like blushing so hard and then laughing so hard and then being like, am I sure I want to publish this? Because, you know, we a lot of this stuff is my personal life, y'all. And I'm a little bit more shy than I let on. And, you know, when you're chatting with your best friend at home, being mic'd up, you forget that you're mic'd up. And that's what's so fun about these podcasts and recording them in person is that you guys get to just listen into what the regular old conversations are like with me and my best friends. And, you know, Julieta is one of those friends that I have conversations with her unlike anybody else. Like, we just go so deep and she's so fucking smart and spiritual and just, like, deeply in tune. And she truly is one of my spiritual teachers. I... I I feel like she'd probably blush and shrug me off if I said that to her. Um, But she has taught me so much, especially just like in this Tulum journey. Like one night she asked me to come over and it was like the middle of the night and it was super dark out and she was like, you got this. And I was like, if Julieta says that I can venture out into the jungle on my motorbike in the middle of the night, then she's my teacher and I'm here to learn that lesson from her. (laughs) So like really... I trust this woman with like my whole world. I love her so much. And um, I do want to report back because since we've recorded this episode, I did get to do a four hour Shibari session with Julieta. I don't even know what to say about it, you guys. It was one of the most spiritual, deep, loving, warm, just like. Uh, I'm like still coming off of it. I'm like still riding this wave of like the love bubble that we were all in this weekend. Um, And I'm like still coming back from it. So yeah, it's been amazing. And the reason why I wanted to come on and um, create this little intro is A, because I wanted to, you know, update you guys that, um, you know what I cannot wait to do again is tie myself up in Shibari and meditate. I did it yesterday. I we had we had such a weird Saturday night in Tulum. Like I I had the weirdest we just had the weirdest Tulum experience. Like it just felt like such a classic giant hit of Tulum weird ass hippie vibes. And yesterday I was so like energetically hungover and I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. Everyone was going to the beach and I was like, I cannot be around people today. I want to be alone. I want to be like so alone. So I tied myself up, made some cacao and just sat alone in my house for a good hour in quiet, open meditation. And I just felt myself achieve this layer of depth inside of my own spirit 
and something about the ropes containing my body and holding my body in this posture and then letting myself just go so deep into my spirit and letting my mind really just open up to this clarity and to this openness. Whew, you guys, like, it's like a trip. It really is like taking drugs and going on a trip. Something happens that I, I can't really explain yet. Um, but I'm excited to keep on exploring this. So, you know, I am a meditation teacher. I am not going to be teaching you guys to tie yourself up. Maybe someday Julieta and I will have some meditation in Shibari retreat workshop because I'm really actually obsessed with that aspect of what I learned from her. Obviously, tying up my partner has been very fun. But um, what I really want to talk to you guys about just quickly is my meditation course that is starting this Wednesday. So if you're listening to this the same day that it comes out, let's see, Wednesday, November 9th at 5 p.m. PST, 8 p.m. EST is my six-week meditation course that's starting. And I'm so excited to be just getting back into teaching these basics because as you guys know, I've been on such a retreat life right now here in this house and I'm in the last week of my house my time here in this amazing loft and I'm gonna be so sad to leave it but this has been such an amazing gift to give myself because I've never been so tuned into my Buddhist practices my prayers my meditations my yoga practices my body all of this like I've just never been in such a deeply peaceful attuned state with with the world and with the Dharma and with my teachings and uh, this thing we call damsik this this thing we call samaya this feeling of deep connection um, I'm so rooted right now and I want to share that with all of you and I want to invite you all into a more disciplined meditative space you know every time I ask someone if they have a background in meditation their first answer is oh yeah I, I have this meditation app and I'm like nope I'm sorry, that doesn't count, babe. A meditation app is someone talking in your head. That would be like if you said every time you listen to Spiritually Queer, you're meditating. You're not. I'm talking to you in your head. You are not experiencing the nature of your mind, my love. And the constant Buddhist teaching that just keeps showing itself to me again and again and again is rest in the nature of your mind. What is the nature of your mind? And when every time we meditate, we put on headphones and we let someone else's voice talk to us and guide us, we are not connecting to the nature of our mind. We are not connecting to the nature of the emptiness that lives within us. We are not connecting to the spirit and the oneness that connects us to all beings. We are letting a voice soothe us in a mindful, relaxing, and calming way. It's like a spa meditation. <laughs> it's not disciplined, true, true, authentic meditation and that's what I'm here to teach you so this week we'll start with shamatha you're gonna need a candle or a stick of incense something to rest your gaze on we're gonna talk about sitting properly so that you can have a beautiful meditation posture next week we will get into using pranayama or breath work as a meditation practice after that we will get into movement I will be teaching you guys three forms of moving meditation because a lot of people really prefer the moving meditations and then after that we'll get into what is known as mindfulness which is not a beginner practice. I find mindfulness to be much more advanced and in Buddhism we like to refer to it as active wakefulness. So we're going to do that week four or week five and then week six is one of my favorites. We're switching it up. 
Normally, I teach quantum healing meditation as the sixth week because it is the most advanced practice that I teach. And I woke up yesterday and I was like, fuck that. What am I thinking? Our sixth practice together is going to be compassion and loving kindness meditation because that is not only the most advanced thing that I can teach you, but it is the most important. It is the most potent. It is the root and the essence of what the Dalai Lama is here to teach. It is the root and the essence of what the Dalai Lama is here to embody. And if I am not teaching this as often as I can, then I am really not doing my job very well. (laughs) So if you want to learn the quantum healing practice, Come learn it in in Sanctuary. That's basically what we're building our way into in Sanctuary. We had an amazing first Reiki session together last week. This week we're going to get into the sacral chakra. But we are going to get into your heart. We are going to finish this by opening up your heart and truly connecting yourself to your compassionate nature that you are. That is the gift you are here to give this world. That is the gift you're here to share. Your heart is the most beautiful part about you. It is what I love the most about you. And I want to open that thing up like a beautiful flower that it is. And I want you to share it with the whole world. Okay. So if you're in, just grab the link in my bio, the Meditation Mastery six-week course, an hour a week live with me, you guys. You get to hang out with me every week for an hour. Ask me all the questions that you have. Have me as your teacher for $111, one, one, one. That's $18.50 per class. So like, if you consider yourself one of my students and you're passing this up, I'm not sure what you're doing. If you consider yourself one of my students, this should be a no-brainer for you because you need it. You need to ground back into your practices. You need to come back to your beginner's mind and you need to sit with your teacher. I'm your teacher, right? Am I? Do I get to have that honor of being your teacher? Then if I do, I need you to sit with me. And I need you to come back to your practices. I need you to come back to your mat. I need you to reground into your intentions with me. And come and sit with me. And even if the 111 up front feels like too much, I also have a plan of 65 times 2. So 65 now. In a month, you'll pay the other 65 at the end of the program. And then you guys get to keep these six teachings forever. Okay? As long as you want them, they are there. And I'm just so excited to spend some more time with you. Teaching meditation is my genius. It's what I'm meant to do. It's what I'm meant to be here guiding you in. And we start this Wednesday night. So enough, enough, enough about that. I hope you guys have enjoyed the Spiritually Queer podcast. This podcast has already gotten me more hate than I was expecting, but um, homophobia is still alive and well online and in the world, and that is why I need to be louder with my message and more protective of all my gay babies out there. I'm here for you. I love you. I'm fighting for you, okay? Julieta and I are both here for you, and this episode, it's a steamy one, you guys, so strap in, tie yourself down, and enjoy. I love you so much. Hello and welcome to Spiritually Queer. <laughs> this, big ass, this bug here. Big ass bug. <laughs> I've got one of my very best, amazing, most favorite humans ever here with me today, Miss Julieta. 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 Chiara. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so, so happy that you're here in my beautiful place, my only friend in Tulum. <laughs> if you are not here, well, I actually probably wouldn't have moved here if there wasn't anyone here I knew. There's that. But, you know, <laughs> she keeps she keeps saying this whole thing of, like, what would I do without you here? 
And the whole time she's done everything on her own, other than just message me what she's going through. So I was like, I think you would have actually been completely fine. But it's this is a frustrating place. Yeah, I think so. that like when my when I'm on the side of the road and my motorbike won't turn on, just being able to text you and know that like I'm not alone. Oh yeah, and that you can come get me or something. Yeah, all all I need. It's like in Tulum, you don't have the police to help you. You have a you have a few dedicated <laughs> friends. A few homies, yeah. You have a few homies that can save you from whatever yeah. the the event is. Whatever the event is, or just the nice guy on the side of the road that wants to help you. <laughs> Because I feel like that's happened a lot, too. <laughs> it really, it plays to your benefit to be a dumb tourist sometimes. And then sometimes it doesn't. So, but you're intuitively very, very in tune. Mm -hmm. So you know when that moment's going to hit for oh, you. Luckily, I do know when those moments are hitting. They haven't hit too hard yet. But driving down the main road with my undercarriage dragging underneath my motor scooter, that was a hard <laughs> one. Yeah, that one hit. <laughs> Literally hit. So Anyways. Funny. Um, I'll, I always like to start my show by introducing the guest kind of in the way that I project you mm -hmm. and the way that I see you. And then I want you to tell us how you like to be seen and like, mm -hmm. who is Julieta today? And you know, Ooh. what do you want to share about yourself today? Perfect. Um, so obviously the first thing I think of when I think of Julieta is a sex blogger and kink coach. Like <laughs> it's like, and it's funny because that's not even like your Instagram persona. That is who you fucking are. Yep. Like yep. that is who you are. And I have to say hanging out with another gay girl for the past couple of weeks has been so nice. Oh my God. To just be like, not only do you just understand my sexuality in a way that I don't feel like I have to explain it to you. Mm -mm. Also, you love to talk about sex and you make these things feel so innocent and it's just like this kind of everyday thing. It's like we're talking about how to cook or something. Yeah. And the conversations that we've had over the past couple of weeks are literally conversations that I've only had with girls I am dating. Mm. And it's so nice to be like, no, I can have conversations like this with my friends. Right. But like a lot of my friends are straight and so sometimes mm. I feel like they're not totally getting me. And you're kind of helping me even be more open about like, yo, there's a lesbian lifestyle. I'm living here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, our plan we made about queer theory and taking people through it. Yes. It's not because you need to be gay or yeah. you need to find if you're gay. It's just so you understand. Yes. It's like life is fun on the rainbow side. And that yeah. is the name of the queer co course that Julieta and I will be making. The rainbow side. <laughs> Life is fun on the rainbow side. Two gay girls yeah, on the beach. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I'll say about Julieta is that she is, like, living the life of the digital nomad. You run a couple of your own businesses. You're so powerful as a woman. Like, you're such a powerhouse. You are the most beautiful person in the world. Seriously. Like, in, My like heart. inside and out. And, yeah, just, like, such a genuinely kind, strong, loving person. And I'm just, like, I'm so grateful to have you as my friend. I'm so grateful to have you here. Yeah. Me minding the mic, the small mic you have Julia put on me. excited about her miniature mic I clipped onto her. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Yeah. Oh, but those words are so sweet, and I am receiving them, which is usually really hard for me to do. But it's been mutual. Like, having another person here, another another gay friend, someone that understands it, has been such a good, I'd, almost like a leveling out, because mm. I'm obviously friends with a lot of straight people, mm -hmm. and we can have boy talk and whatever, but it's like to have this like casual banter 
for the women's side, this is where it's at. I was like, I was like, I don't really, even though I'm very open, I'm like, I don't think I casually talk to many friends about my strap on persona. <laughs> like there's a lot. So I'm like, this is also an exclusively Jane thing. Yeah. So it does work. <laughs> but yeah, I am a sex and kink coach and it is really ironically my entire personality. There's no, like, you're right. It, there really is no separation, but I don't want there to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want there to be a separation. I think mm-hmm. there's of course boundaries in terms of I'm not spilling everything on the internet and I'm there to serve a mission just like you are but I want people that follow me or work with me just like you do to know it's like this person wakes up every day and lives their truth mm-hmm. and when I when I learn from them or I'm in programs with them or I get something from them I know that they are being authentic mm, yeah and so you and I just preach to be as equally as ridiculous as we are online. <laughs> really, there is like no difference between what is happening here and what is happening online. No. There's no difference. Zero. We do have some tiny kittens running around. Yes, and I, I see them. They're, yeah, they're more than welcome to come and join in. And that's what I love about you. Like my first night here, you took me out to dinner and I had some sexy stories to tell you. So and it's funny. juicy. <laughs> yeah, she was loving it. It was so good. And it was funny because there was this voice in my head that's like, God, Jane, Julieta talks about sex all freaking day. And then you go out to dinner with her and you're just talking about your sex life to her. And as if I think I'm like exhausting you and you're oh, like, no. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is my job. And you're like, Jane, if we're not talking about sex, then I'm bored. <laughs> truly, truly. It's like, I don't give a shit about the weather. I don't care about how your fucking travels were. Like, tell me how you got down. And first, it did help that she is a professional storyteller. Oh, am like, I? I was so captivated. I didn't know how to eat my food. Like, I lost all sense of time and space. This was, it was so, story. this story was so riveting. Wow. I was, I was sitting there with some fucking cashew shrimp rice, whatever the fuck I ordered. And I was like, dude, fuck this dish, fuck this scenario. I was drawn in. He wants up. <gasps> Come here, honey. There we go. So I really enjoyed that, but I think (laughs) something that's really important to me, and maybe this happens to you with the spiritual side, is like when you know someone as a sexual being, Mm -hmm. you understand way more about them just as a whole. Mm, Yeah, yeah. As a whole, because your sexuality and the way you handle yourself sexually says a lot about you. Mm -hmm. Not just your morals and stuff, but it's like how do you enjoy life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It shows through. Yeah, and I think that for me, like, I've I've got all these, like, weird wounds of being afraid that people are going to think I'm, like, some creepy predatory lesbian. Yeah. And so it's always been really hard for me to open up. And mm. hanging out with you, I've realized how much I've had to hear girls talk about, like, dick size and blowjobs and then just, like, never getting to, like, talk about, like, my experiences. Mm. And, and now, like, yesterday we were talking with some of our friends who are totally straight, and I was yep. like... Y'all need to try on a strap on. Like, I'm just being so much more open about, like, what I'm into. And it was so, we were, I was literally ro- rolling around on this couch laughing so hard yesterday. We had so much fun. We had so much fun yeah. as a group. Yeah. But it's like, I feel you on that, too. Because I think, especially now that you've taken such a, like, a, a queer turn in this podcast, mm-hmm. it's, I think, every queer person can relate to that little bit of fear mm-hmm. that their friends don't think that you're authentically trying to be a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Gay girl trauma is a thing. Thank you. Yeah, gay. it really is. Because we grew up in an era where it wasn't, it's like, it wasn't completely, you could talk about being gay, but it was still the era that it was like, oh, you're gay, you like anybody. Mm-hmm. 
You're like anybody in anything mm-hmm. with a vagina now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, no, yeah. I am oddly specific. <laughs> yeah, it's like there were there was one girl I was in love with in middle school and one girl I was in love with in high school, and that was it. Nothing. There was nothing else. Like my fear was that if I came out, all every girl on the cheerleading team would think that I wanted them, and every girl I danced with would think that I wanted them, and that was so hard is that I I couldn't be sure that they would understand that that's not the case. Mm. That like yep. when you're a gay girl at least for me, and I think I speak for a lot of us, you fall in love with a very specific type of person. Oh, yeah. And it's not just everyone you're around all the time. No, no, no. We don't. We don't get love-bombed easily. No. Like We're just... Maybe we're suspicious. <laughs> maybe we are. I know I am. Yeah, I'm suspicious, definitely. I'm very suspicious. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So, yeah, a big reason why I did want to bring you on the show today. Julieta has already been on my show before, mm. and that was actually the first time we ever had a conversation. That was the that first time. That was, like, time. the beginning of our friendship. That was, because I remember you, we never talked on the phone or anything like that. Mm. That was the first time we had a conversation. I was like, I need you on my show. Mm. And we started talking, and I was like, are we falling in love with each other right now? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Clearly. Living in the same town. Um, like just yesterday I was sitting here, I was actually editing my last episode and I just hear Jane and I'm like, Who the fuck is that? there's only one person in this country that knows I exist. <laughs> I was outside. I'm like, hello. I was like, I'm going to go outside and see if there's someone here to see me that's calling my name. <laughs> and I go out and Julietta's just outside of my gate on the sexiest motorcycle <laughs> I have ever seen. And I'm like, oh, hey. And she's all sweaty. She's like, hey, I just wanted to come by and visit you. I was taking a joyride and I was like, I don't want to ride around aimlessly. I need to like, I need to challenge myself. And Jane happens to live in the most challenging part of town, (laughs) not because it's sketchy, but because it's like, it's like a fucking course for BMX. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, It's like you are bumping up and down. So I came over here and I was like, if she's not there, it'd be fucking strange because it, Jane's either at home or we're else, hanging out. Where else? Yeah, you're like, oh God, Jane's not home. Where would she be without me? Not even that, but I'm like, traditionally, Jane got this cool ass loft. <laughs> I also wouldn't fucking leave. There's no reason to. And every time I leave the house, I message you just so that you know where I am. <laughs> so you would definitely know. Suspicious gaze. Yeah. Here we are. We're like, huh? Like, here's where I'm going. Here's my location. Here's what's happening. No, but um, I remember when I was on your podcast last, you and I love a good controversy. Mm-hmm. We love yeah. a good controversial talk. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah, because we covered some CNC. We covered some crazy shit in our mm-hmm. last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people, they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, it's real yeah. life. And I don't even, that's the thing. I feel like we were pretty tame too. Very much so. Like, we, I feel like I really held back on that one and was like, and I think that's mm. such a big part of why I wanted to completely rebrand this podcast is that my sexuality and my queerness is such a huge part of my spiritual journey. And I kind of found myself compartmentalizing that and putting it away mm-hmm. and being like this really like prude, serious Buddhist as <laughs> if that's how Buddhists are, which is kind of not really how we are. <laughs> Me, I was like, I know a Buddhist. <laughs> And she's not like that. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And also, like, I have so many queer students and listeners who I think need to feel, like, the support of us. And, like, you know, just the support that we have in this friendship. Mm -hmm. I want to share that with, like, everyone who listens who maybe doesn't feel like they're gay enough or doesn't feel like anyone gets them or Mm -hmm. all these things that you and I connect with. 
Um, so today I wanted to invite you to talk about a specific subject and part of me is like, how do we, where do we even enter into this subject? But I love to give teachings on the divine masculine and feminine and I have a mm -hmm. workshop on my website right now that you can go by, I'll link it below and it's called Divine and it's about harmonizing the blend of the masculine and feminine because that's been such a huge part of my journey spiritually and also as a queer person, like I was always yeah. a femme, I was mm -hmm. always called a lipstick lesbian, I was always called a pillow princess, like I was always really hyper feminine because that made me feel more comfortable in my queerness. 100%. And over the last couple years, like I think it started with me cutting my hair, honestly, like I cut off all my hair and started really feeling into my masculine energy and really mm -hmm. embodying that. And then thinking I'm like going way over on this mask side and then mm -hmm. realizing that actually I'm such a blend of the two mm -hmm. and I'm getting really comfortable being like in that switch spot. Yeah, the I switchy guess to spot. Use your language. Yeah, to use a little mind. Yeah. But that's what's also interesting about studying the divine masculine and feminine as a queer person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because totally. it's like as a queer person, we have obviously different sexualities. We might have genders that do not fit in this binary. Mm -hmm. So then it's like being stuck with the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. It's hard to read as a queer person because mm -hmm. then you're in that you're in that dance of like, well, which one am I? And I think the glory of it is, especially with what I teach in kink, is you don't have to be. Mm -hmm. You can be anything you want. Mm -hmm. It just depends yes. on the day. Yes. It depends on the day. Yeah. You don't have to. Because I feel like with a lot, and I love that you don't. I love that you preach balance and like when to utilize your feminine, mm -hmm. when to utilize your masculine, and how to help get into them. But all too often, I can see how people get pressured mm -hmm. because they're like, you're not in your feminine enough. You're not in your masculine enough. Mm -hmm. And it's these really pressuring jargon words, mm -hmm. which then don't even apply to queer people. Yeah, right. Because you're like, I don't want to be my divine feminine. I want to be my unhinged crazy. And I don't really know where that fucking like, falls. I want to be a damn dakini in the wild. Dakini and bikini. Yeah, yeah. And like, what does that even mean? And, and that's what is, and so I'm kind of, what what is so fun to talk to you about is like mm. this idea of masculine and feminine translates so perfectly to the work you do in BDSM mm -hmm. of like being a dom or a sub mm -hmm. and I was wondering if you could just kind of educate our audience on what that even means. Yeah, absolutely. Or even what BDSM means maybe to start. Ooh, yeah. BDSM. So there's there's kink and then there's BDSM. So this is where people get a little Yeah. It's funny because BDSM falls under kink, but kink is not completely BDSM. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? Kink is the umbrella term. Like, making sure that's not... I was like, making sure that's not one of the cats that's just falling it's somewhere. It like started raining randomly and now it's over. Goodbye. <laughs> so kink is an umbrella term for any sexual behaviors that are outside of the ordinary, outside of the normal, which there's not really a definition yeah. for normal. So guess what? It's kind of like the word queer. Yeah, it's like, guess what? You're, you're all kind of queer, you're all kind of kinky. So it's, some, it's a hard truth you're going to have to get over. And BDSM stands for specifically certain acts within kink that fall under um, bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, mm. and then um, sadism and masochism. Okay. So those are certain behaviors that fall under certain categories. Now, what's interesting about that, especially with dominance and submission, is that it plays along the lines of masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. So here in Tulum, I was telling Jane, I had this really obnoxious time with Tantra practitioners mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
because when I meet them and I tell them, you know, we practically do the same thing, they're like, no, 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 kink and BDSM, it's, it's abuse, it's disgusting. I've had actually one of the world's top Tantra practitioners fucking run away from me at a restaurant because I introduced myself and I really looked up to her Aww. and I told her what I did and she's like, that's, that's disgusting. And she walked away. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I mean, true colors, that right? some kink shaming right there. Not even the kink shaming, but I was like, I was like, that's a weird reaction for us doing the same thing. <laughs> so how it plays in, what's a little different between, okay, here, there's so much I got to say. So much I got to say. Kink falls with dominance and submission. A lot of dominance and submission happens, which is a lot like the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. The masculine aims to create the container mm -hmm. to take lead, to take dominance. Mm -hmm. And the feminine is to receive, to surrender, mm -hmm. to essentially submit. Now, what's cool about kink is that you can play in the masculine and feminine, but it's completely genderless. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with being in your divine masculine or your divine feminine, it has to do with being in the energies. So I think what I've liked about kink is that, especially for queer people, it takes away this pressure of being like, what box do I fit in? Mm -hmm. Because the box that you fit in is the box that you create. Mm -hmm. It's the container you create. So you get to play with those energies um, without feeling so stuck on the labels, even though it is, it is masculine and feminine, mm -hmm. which is so fucking awesome. Yeah. All I, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, kink is just Tantra with a couple more fun tools. Right? A little more leather. Really, though? <laughs> like, to, it's so interesting because yeah. I consider myself to obviously be a Tantra practitioner. Yeah. And, and so I'm just, like, so surprised to hear that, like, you would have that response from another, like, leader in our community. Yeah. Um, because and, – and I guess that's where – I just am going to say it. I feel like sometimes – most of the Tantra that I've studied is made for straight people. 100%. Yeah. I've seen a few people mess around with Tantra for queer, but it's at least a lot of the Tantric practices I've been introduced to have so much to do with the yoni, the lingham, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how they receive each other, yeah. etc. So you're like, okay, well, how does that happen when you have two vulvas? Yeah. How does that happen if you have two penises? Mm -hmm. yeah. And they base the teachings so far into that when there could really if you look at kink and I told you it's completely genderless mm -hmm. it actually kink could be completely non-sexual mm -hmm. yeah you can do kink is only sexual if you make it mm -hmm. other than that it's like we practice kink without ever involving sex so mm -hmm. if you fuse them together you can actually have a really beautiful spiritual mm -hmm. and kinky practice yeah. the problem is what happens is with tantra people and tantra's fucking beautiful like I love it's like the breath work the connection the coming together of two bodies the same thing basically happens in kink but with kink we play with energy exchange we play with and power exchanges mm -hmm. we play with sensation yeah. that might include pain mm -hmm. kink is not all pain but maybe it might include that and so I've seen just a little bit of adversity in the communities that say oh well you know this isn't an authentic receiving of your partner this is it's abusive. Why would you ever want to spank or cause harm or degrade or do anything in the kinky realm? And there's two things, and you and I talked about. It's consent, mm -hmm. and then it's the container you create. Mm -hmm. Because you're creating a container in Tantra, the safety of the uh, masculine creating that space for the feminine to surrender and receive, 
We do the exact same thing in kink. It's yeah. called negotiating a scene. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Negotiating a scene. Negotiating a that. scene. Look at them. They're Hi, babies. They always interfere when I'm, they can feel the energy. They always interfere when I'm doing something. Fun. Yeah, you can just come hang. That's fine. Oh. Hi, babies. They're just like, kink? I want to know more. Like, we're in. We're in. So the negotiating a scene. I'll let you ask any questions first if you have any. Because if not, I go into a rabbit hole. Well, my brain is going into a lot of directions here. And I yeah. guess the things that I'll say before I let you move forward is that it's so funny. All these things, I'm like, whatever. I'll be polarizing. Tantra is made for straight people. Yep. Osho Bhagwan, who made Tantra famous in the West, he doesn't think that being gay is okay. Oh. And so that's, and that like sometimes part of me is like, I just want to completely shift all of my work into creating Tantra for queer people. Mm, yeah. And also, I feel like BDSM allows for uh, queer people get to be in that space and they get to yep. be who they are. Queer people made this space. Queer people fucking made this space. Yeah. And I feel like this Tantra that we're describing, which is so interesting because Osho very much allowed for people to have their, what I would call like their dark sexuality. Yep. He very much allowed for that. And so it's yep. interesting that it's not coming through in the, in the teachings mm. um, because I, th and, and, and maybe because like, I, I won't say that he's a teacher I'm super aligned with, right? And maybe that's why. But BDSM allows for the, the dark sexuality. Mm -hmm. And this isn't, obviously you're probably way more well-versed on this, but when you grow up and you know you're gay, you feel really ashamed of your sexuality. 100%. And something that my friend Lindsay Darger likes to talk about is that like when we keep it in the body and we keep it in shame, that's when it gets really distorted. And that's mm -hmm. when our sexuality comes out in these really kind of sideways freaky ways, uh -huh. sometimes bad ways, yep. sometimes just freaky. And I'm not yep. even saying that oppression creates the dark sexuality. I think that yeah. if we can allow for the dark sexuality to be like yeah. totally fine and totally fun and like we're in a safe space to explore that, all the shame is lifted mm. and then there's more fun, there's more freedom, there's more pleasure and you... I. I I guess, I guess I'm wondering if there's anything you want to say about kind of this dark side that seems to turn off a lot of these tantric practitioners. Well, it's super interesting because I think not only, I think what happens with a lot of practices, and you probably see this with Buddhism as well, is that scientifically, quantum physics-wise, if there's a light, a dark exists. Yeah, exactly. The polarity exists for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's, and we, you know, people talk about polarity all the time, but they don't want to acknowledge that sometimes there's a darker side. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, yes, there's dark sexuality, but it goes back to what I said about kink being described as things outside of the normal. Mm -hmm. How do you necessarily classify something as dark when it's something you consent to? It brings you joy, it connects you to people, and it mm -hmm. creates trust. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, it's like, I don't even see that as dark. Yeah. Yeah. What I would consider dark sexuality is like those actions rooted in shame, mm -hmm. rooted out of intention, rooted mm -hmm. out of greed, mm -hmm. um, hedonism and not in the good way, mm -hmm. hurting other people. So interesting. So I, I always like to say that depending on the spiritual practitioner, they want to teach the, the light, the light and fluffy, you know, embrace your inner goddess and fucking open up and put flowers all over your pussy, whatever the fuck. <laughs> And then they don't want to embrace the wild woman yeah. that wants to be completely raptured yeah. and surrendered mm. 
and in her wild and scream and moan and mm -hmm. and be able to really embrace that the the powerful wild side. Mm -hmm. So I all I have to say to that is if if we don't see that it's polarizing and it's meant to be polarizing mm -hmm. and things are meant to be daring and taboo and fun while also being the light and fluffy if we want it to. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. God. I just love how innocent you make everything feel and that's something that I've been noticing is that mm -hmm. like the more innocence I can bring into my sexuality the better everything is right and my partner keeps going why do you keep saying that we're so innocent I'm like because we're so innocent we truly are like it feels so good to acknowledge that like this is all and it all feels so innocent because in that specific container there is no shame. Like there is not no. a single thread of shame in my sexuality, especially when I'm with a specific person. And it just feels so innocent. From there, it's like, and it's that state of innocence. And I'm sure you feel like complete safety mm -hmm. and complete trust. Mm -hmm. And so, sorry to be vulgar, but it's like in that container, it doesn't matter if you have slow kissing or you have a whole fist up your ass. It's, it's gonna seem pretty loving and endearing, free of darkness. Yeah, oh God, I, I was like, for me, dark sexuality is kind of like just feeling like having these sexual relationships. Like, for example, like toxic mm -hmm. ex sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's some dark sexuality. Oh, I see. Although we love it. Yeah. <laughs> Although Julietta will cheer that on. Yeah. I won't. I won't say no. We love a good toxic breakup sex. <laughs> but it's like, see, that's dark and stuff. So if you create mm -hmm. the interesting. So if you create that container and maybe to elaborate. So for you in tantra. What is creating the container of safety mm -hmm. in a tantric practice? Mm -hmm. I, that is exactly where I was bringing this because I'm launching a course soon called The Pleasure Codes. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about energetic pleasure. It's really not sexual. And a big part of it is setting the masculine and feminine container mm. because I've found that um, in, in sexual relationships I've had, I, when I want to be in my feminine or I want to be submissive, I don't feel totally safe. No. And when I want to be in my masculine and I want to be really dominating, I don't feel totally safe to explore that. Mm. And the importance of, and I think this is the job of the masculine, honestly, to set the container of safety mm. and to hold the space. And it's this idea that like, the, like I think of the masculine as like the, the space holder, the observer, mm. the watcher, the key, like he's like, I call him he because like he's keeping everything safe. The caretaker. He's got his eye on everything. And then he is allowing for the feminine to just be in her wildness and to be completely unleashed. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of women, being completely unhinged or unleashed or all these things can be really scary because I think some of us are afraid that we're going to like go crazy or become too much or like lose it. And it's like, well, if you're in a safe container and the masculine is holding you, Go as fucking crazy as you want. Exactly. he's going to be there holding you and making sure that you're safe and keeping you safe. 100%. And to me, that is what creates pleasure in the body. And so something that I teach in Pleasure Codes is that first we have to learn how to create safety in the body through the five senses. The mm -hmm. five senses is what tells us that we're safe. I'm not tasting poison. I'm not smelling something rancid. I'm not hearing someone like running at me. Mm. I'm not seeing, I'm not feeling pain. I'm not seeing like... Once you realize that you're safe, mm. then you can use the five senses for pleasure. Mm. And something I love to ask my partners and my students is like, which sense is your pleasure sense? Mm -hmm. Because once you can tune into that, then you can start opening up your body to the pleasure. 
but the safe, like you have to set a container of safety first. Mm -hmm. And I think that you may not always have to discuss like who's gonna be in what embodiment of what energy today, because you just get to feel it with your partner, yep. but kind of noticing that, like, oh, she's really wanting to be in her femme right now, so I'm mm -hmm. going to step into my mask to hold that. Yeah, you play. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's where people forget. It's like, this is play. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be fun. And I say that all the time to my, to my coaching clients, because when it comes to kink, they get very serious. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is to play. I was like, yeah. I was like at the end of the day, we got to look at what both you and I are teaching. Mm -hmm. We're teaching, like, a really fun, glorified version of adult role play. Like it, it's like it's really like though. playing. It's like playing a scene when you were little, and you mm -hmm. all picked your roles, mm -hmm. and you'd play it out. So we do it as adults, and I love that you brought up building that safe container because what we do in kink is called negotiating a scene or creating a scene, and we treat it very much like the scene of a movie. So why do we need a scene of a movie, and why do we have to negotiate something? I was like, maybe that's a poor choice of words because negotiate sounds incredibly like, like you're making a deal. And it, like right, it's a deal. It, something. Yeah, it is. It is a deal. And so what happens in this deal is you come together. I was like, I think everybody should fucking do this, regardless of whether you want to get freaky deaky or not. Mm -hmm. It's like, cause we don't do this, and then people complain that their sex life sucks. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you never asked for it. So it starts off with two people coming together, and it's an open conversation. It's like, what do we both want mm -hmm. out of this the scene that we want to create? So I could say, I. I really need this kind of physical touch. I want these two things to happen. And that's for me as the, the submissive, as the feminine. It's like, these are the things that I would like to receive mm -hmm. and I feel safe with you giving them. Then the masculine can agree or ask what he needs in order to contribute to that. Mm -hmm. So you both agree to what's happening. And it doesn't, this is the important part, it doesn't leave anything to surprise. Yeah. Because especially with, with sexual stuff or with, kinky stuff, the amount of trust that goes in there, we don't like the element of surprise because it can put someone in a compromising state mm -hmm. of not knowing how to assert their boundaries. Mm, yeah. So we talk about what, what will happen. We talk about what we're not okay with. It's like, hey, please don't do this. Please don't do that. Mm -hmm. We put those boundaries so we can find freedom inside of them. Yeah. We don't put them to go in and just feel like we're locked down by rules. It's yeah. the parameters. It's like you said, it's like putting a playpen around children and being like, Inside this playpen, go fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't leave this yeah, parameter. You're contained. Don't leave this one. You're you're in the the container we just set with your boundaries and your expectations. Fucking knock yourself out. Yeah. Like you. Go for it. You're gonna have your fun. Then after that, we set consent. It's like, should anything that we ask for not go according to plan, or we want to stop and reanalyze, we have a way to get out of it, mm -hmm. as well. Which again should be part of all any practice. Any practice yeah. to just be like, hey, I want to stop and think about this. You play, you have your scene, the container, where one person holds you through it or you hold a person through it. And then afterwards, we have the reconnection period, mm -hmm. which is called aftercare. Mm -hmm. Because if, just like polarity, what comes up must come down. Mm -hmm. So with Tantra, with BDSM, you tend to get a high from it, mm -hmm. regardless of whether you're the giver or the receiver. It feels like that. It feel, you're oh, yeah. super high from it. And nothing is more disorienting than ending that scene, ending that sexual practice, and then someone just either like getting dressed immediately and leaving or like getting on their phone. It's you want to close, mm. close the container, close yes. the scene. The yes. movie scene is, you know, it's like cut. Yeah. And it's like now we come together and we, we see how we feel about it. I love that. I, and it's funny because yeah. the word I want to use that is calling like grounding the energy. Mm. Are you familiar with the Magdalene manuscripts? 
Oh, I wish I was. That oh sounds fancy. I'm going to get you a copy. <laughs> it, very controversial, but Mary Magdalene was Jesus's consort, right? Mm -hmm. So he, they enacted in sex magic to help them both become more ascended masters. And she teaches her practices through the Magdalene Manuscripts. It's all channeled by Tom Kenyon. Mm. And what she explains is this, what you're explaining in this aftercare from this tantric perspective is um, this idea, she calls it nesting. Mm, and it's yeah. that after the feminine orgasms, the masculine nests into her body mm. and breathes in the orgasmic energy because the masculine's orgasmic energy is nowhere near as potent as the female's. After the orgasm happens, there has to be like a grounding and a deep connection afterwards mm -hmm. so that that orgasmic energy can actually be utilized. Yep. Instead of letting it just scatter and go all over the place, we want to like feel it, breathe it into the body or breathe it through your partner's body and, and let it like fill your body. Mm. And that's to me one of my favorite things about being in the masculine is getting to witness the female in her orgasm. <laughs> and then like... You get to Absorb ground into it. that, yeah, and breathe into it and and hold space for it. And so I love that you bring that up because I think that that's such an important part of the practice is that grounding or that aftercare. And one thing you brought up, which um, I thought was such an interesting thing to, you were talking about the senses. Mm -hmm. You're like, what's the pleasure sense? Are you, it's like opening in Tantra, opening all the pleasure senses mm -hmm. for someone to be able to fully surrender or given their pleasure, which we do the same in kink, but it's more hands-on. So it's like you establish that trust. There is the emotional, the emotional trust. We discuss what we want to do. And then we use tools to help you surrender into it. Because if anybody knows me, I am an uptight, anxious bitch. So trying to set the parameter of like, I've opened this energy for you, just surrender. My body's like, my body's like, I can think about it. It makes logical sense, but it's not happening for me. So what do we do? We use tools to bring us back into our sensation and bring us back to our body. Mm -hmm. If you are fully tied up, mm -hmm. you have no option but to surrender to the sensation, to surrender to the ropes, to surrender to the fact that you can't move or have the mobility you want. If you're getting uh, spanked or impacted or any sort of sensation, you surrender to it. So you use the tools to bring you back into the pleasure senses versus just the energetic portion. Because mm -hmm. I don't like to forget that we have a physical body. Yeah, right? It's a fun one, too. It's a fun one. It's like we're soft, we're squishy, we've got three holes, it's wild. And, there, and that's, I, that's what's so fun about being your friend is that really before I met you, I didn't use a lot of sex toys hmm. because, and I think that's because I'm such a yogi. Like I'm so much about like the energetics and like building the energy and all of that. And now I'm, ah. now I've been hanging out with Juliet too much and I'm like, we need more toys. I feel like I'm constantly asking you about things and, and that's, I think that the fun thing about the toys and the fun thing about like the work that you do is that there is so much out there now. So it is much. insane how much there is out there to explore. It's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly overwhelming, and I. It's incredibly overwhelming, but in a really good way. Yeah. And I totally. It's here in Tulum. It's the same thing. Not only do I get the apprehension for the BDSM, but then I get the apprehension of, I would never use a toy. I don't want to get desensitized. I have all the power in my hands. Whatever. Huh. And I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm too much of an optimist. I'm like, if there's more pleasure to access why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to explore what your body is capable of? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to push your limits 
and see what your body's capable of achieving, of feeling, because it's also spiritual and mm -hmm. energetic too. Totally. Like you being fully tied up with a toy inside of you is probably going to feel substantially more energetically insane than just like, oh, you know, just hope you feel the energy. Yeah. It's like, no, like feel yeah. the energy. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting mm -hmm. too, just because like being a lesbian, obviously I love my fingers. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like stopping myself from continuing to speak. Fingers are great and you have so much pleasure in your fingers and your fingers can do so much But like if my whole lesbian career I could only use my fingers and my body and I couldn't ever use any other tools yeah. to get deeper Yep, you know and to me like and this is something that I think I've had Lindsay on to talk about that like Actually getting as deep as you can into the womb obviously in a very loving nurturing way like is some of the most gnarly energy healing that you can do gnarly and these toys can come in to like you sent me like just a little glass dildo that was probably like five inches yep that thing became my fucking best friend that thing was he doing so much healing work for me oh yeah that i could have never done on my own or 100%. even with a partner because the partner wasn't it was such a practice for just me to mm. use that glass and so my question for you would be like, I'm so lucky because I've got this friend who's literally like, hey, you want, I'm making an order. You want some toys? I'm going to send you this. Like, <laughs> she literally just gives me things to try. And I, and I wonder if someone's listening who's like, okay, I want to go try any sort of toy or tool mm -hmm. to bring into the bedroom. But they're kind of like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I like. Like, how do you help people start off? What I always like to start off with is we have to look, and I'm sure Lindsay talked about this, is we have to look at anatomy. We have to look at anatomy. So depending on whether you have a vulva or a penis, there's going to be spots that are more sensitive than others. Primarily for someone with a vulva who might be listening to this podcast especially, that's going to be your clitoris. So that's a really good place to start. And that's where I recommend using your hand and doing a little pleasure mapping. It's like, see what feels good. Does it feel good when you touch your clitoris? Does it feel good when you touch your labia? Do you like a couple fingers inside? From there is a good opportunity to pick a toy. But I think one of the best toys to start off with for anybody, regardless of your genitals, is a small bullet vibrator. So not only does that give the vibration to the clitoris or the head of the penis, which people don't know you can do that, mm. but it's a sensation tool. You can use that vibrator anywhere on your body. Mm -hmm. So it's like, try your neck, try your earlobes, work your way down to your nipples, cool. trail down the belly, try it on your vulva, try it on your ass, like, mm -hmm. try that shit everywhere. That's a really good one. But something that you mentioned, especially if, if you want to have more of a spiritual practice, I don't know if you've heard of the term de-armoring, which mm -hmm. is, yeah, yeah, the glass toys. Yeah. Glass insertable toys are some next level... Not only de-armoring, but they just fucking feel good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the glass toys, they're, they're hard. They're hard and they don't mold with your body. So you truly feel every single curve. Mm -hmm. And then they have the potential to go deep. So you can really explore different parts of either your vagina or your rectum if you're using it anally. Mm -hmm. And you can really move it around and explore sensations and really start to release all that shit. It's like, we how... How convenient that we have genitals placed right over a chakra. Like we can't like finger our, our stomachs or our throats, at least like you really should not because that would be so uncomfortable. We don't recommend that. No. Like we don't have tools where we can just fucking mix up the, the, solar, the solar plexus with our own hands. We can do energy work, but not physically, you know. 
Yeah. So what are you going to do? Get three wands, put it on your solar plexus, go <laughs> like, God, no, you, you can't. So I love, I want you to talk more about dearmoring because I'm actually mm. bringing Christina Winkler on to the Pleasure Coast to yeah. teach vulva massage mm, because yep. I like to think of the vulva and this, this whole, this whole space for women in the womb. Like I kind of look at it as like a muscle that's tense and has so much trauma bound into mm -hmm. it that yeah. actually what better spiritual energy work could we do than working on the de-armoring and yeah. I want you to talk more about that. So I have a very basic understanding of de-armoring and it is working with that genital region whether it be vaginal or anal. A lot of people actually use it anally mm. because we people don't realize how much like energy we hold. How tight their buttholes yeah, are. Yeah, literally being tight ass is, is a real thing. If you're if someone says like you have a stick up your ass, you absolutely energetically do. And so it's like relax your butthole, relax your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get so, grounded. Yeah. So the dearmoring is really a really a beautiful exploration of your own body and exploring what it feels like to let loose and let go using your own touch, using your own penetration and a lot of people might do this with for example like black obsidian dildos mm, so yes. it's like you can charge it or I used to have a rose quartz dildo nice. so you can put different energies and it's literally like plugging it into a sacral wall mm -hmm. plug mm -hmm. it's like oh, rose quartz plugging in love boop, releasing you can get black obsidian butt plugs you can play with different toys you don't need to get crystals but it's really just that exploration of places where we hold a lot of tension mm -hmm. Like, have you ever gone to deep tissue massage and like balled your eyes out exactly. or vomited afterwards or something like that? Yeah. You have that release, but we don't tend to notice how much of attention we have until we explore it. Yeah. yeah. So especially if you have apprehension around sex, especially if you're having painful sex, mm -hmm. de-armoring might need to be something you do, not only physically, but emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 And that's something I'm super excited to get into when I when I launched that course. Um, okay, there's one last specific question that I have for you. Mm. Um, because I've gotten to spend so much time with Julieta and kind of see the way you interact with people and the things that light you up. And you love to talk about shibari. Oh, I love time people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that my average listener, listener probably doesn't even know what shibari is. Mm -hmm. And it feels like there's a lot of like historical culture behind that word. Yeah, absolutely. So shibari is the Japanese art of rope bondage. The word shibari literally means to tie. Okay. So very direct translation means to tie. And it does have a lot of historic value. Um, there's a really powerful shibari um, practitioner. Her name is Midori. She brought Japanese shibari to America. She she, uh, I don't know if westernized is the good word, but she made one of the first printed books about it in English. Oh, okay. So we were able to understand it. And a lot of the historic value that people describe shibari is that in ancient Japan, it was used, tying people up in these very intricate designs was used as a method of warfare, of tying up prisoners, different ties meant different things. And while there is some truth to that, uh, Midori does explain that shibari ended up actually being a little more theatrical. Huh. It was like a performance art. So it was used to portray these prisoners or these scenarios in performance art. And it's a living art, meaning that it still evolves to this day. Cool. So for example, if I tie you in shibari handcuffs, those didn't necessarily come from Japanese history. Mm -hmm. Midori explains that it actually comes from a lot of our own cultural history. like like cowboys and uh, robbers, 
that's where handcuffs come from. They don't come from they don't come from ancient Japan. Yeah, yeah. So that beautifulness is you're learning how to tie these beautiful, intricate ties. You're binding people. You're letting them surrender into their own body. But then you also just get to be creative and yeah. make your own. Cool. Which is super fun. And what's nice about this level of bondage that your people can try is 80% of the time shibari tying is not sexual. It is an art. It is an art. It is almost like a form of therapy. It's like when you go to get a sound healing, people go to get tied up in shibari because you are so compressed that you get to release your entire body weight. You can't move. You're wrapped up like a mummy. I know that sounds insane for some people, but if you've ever used a weighted blanket, same concept. Yeah. Well, and Julieta is one of my very avid students, which I feel so honored to have you as one of my students. And the other day she posted on her story that she like tied herself up and then was meditating. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> and I told you like there's so much ancient Buddhist techniques where we would, we would use a belt mm. in different ways, not sexual at all, but just mm -hmm. to like hold us in a really comfortable posture so that you can sit in meditation for a longer time. Exactly. And so I was like, girl, you're so fucking spiritual. Like you got this so locked down. And I, Julieta is going to tie me up this next week. Yeah, she's signed up to be a guinea pig with her partner for yep. one of my first in-person private shibari lessons. Yep. So, so we'll do a little. I will definitely let you all know how that goes. But that's what gets to be exciting because really one of my last thoughts on this is there is no reason why you can't fuse tantric practices mm -hmm. in what you're doing with a BDSM or a kink practice because they are essentially the same thing. Yeah, I'm not seeing them as different anymore. Yeah. You have, you're just aligning the energetic with the physical mm -hmm. yeah. and they come together. So it's like you could have a deeply spiritual experience with which most people who practice BDSM, mm -hmm. including myself, I describe it as the most spiritual I have ever felt. Yeah. When you're in that space, when I'm sure for you it's tantric space, for us it's dom, dom space or subspace, mm -hmm. just being in the energy. So I look at it as if you fuse that and then you add in the tools with it, you're kind of like, you might explode. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of pleasure. Well, I, I love that you're actually saying that it like brings it into the physical because something mm. that I teach my spiritual people, I, I just gave a lecture on it this morning. So many people that come to work with me are so in their spiritual, they're yeah. so in their energetics. They're up here. And I'm like, we have bodies. <laughs> and I even use the word butthole in my grounding lecture because yeah. I'm like, so so many of us spiritual people, and I could totally see this in the Tantra community, we forget that we're humans yep. and that we like earth and that we like matter and that mm. we like things in the physical and that we like being grabbed and touched and held and moved physically. Mm -hmm and that using physical items can help in our practices, no matter what. And so I love that you're like, it's, we're just bringing it to the physical. And yeah. that's what more of us spiritual people really need to work on is like being a person with a body yeah. and acknowledging that, and I celebrating always, it. I always preach one foot in, one foot out. Mm. Leave one foot in the 12D, but leave one attached to the, to the, to the 3D, 4D. Yeah, yeah. Remember you're a human. I yeah. feel like I'm saying that all And again, time. I've said it before, and this sounds horrible the way I'm saying it, but I'm like, we were blessed with three holes that all feel magnificent. All of them. We were blessed with a body that feels sexual sensation everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. there are actually studies of people who have experienced full paralysis from the spine where they can't feel their genitals, and they can now find a way to orgasm through touch of the thumb. Wow. So, your body is literally a pleasure tool. Mm -hmm. Every single yes. portion of it. Obviously, the sexual, the more traditional sexual regions are a wonderful plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But. They're a little bit more fired up. 
ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm so excited about this Pleasure Codes course that just down downloaded. And it's funny because you came over to my house like right before I like wrote it all out. And then you came in and I was like, dude, I just, this whole workshop yeah. just came to me. Because I believe that you can attune your body to a state of pleasure by working on your energy. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not even a sexual course at all. It's just about attuning your own body to pleasure so that then if you want to take it deeper, you can have a deeper experience. So mm. I love that. Um, I said I had one question for you, but I end the show with this last question. How do you identify with the word spiritual and how do you identify with the word queer? Mm, I love that. If you do it all. Yeah. So I identify with spiritual as a feeling, as a universal collective, mm. which confuses people because I'm actually atheist, mm -hmm. but atheism just truly means that you don't believe one one person dictates or rules the religion like yeah. i said i don't believe a, this one dude in flip-flops is dictating who or what i have sex with right yeah. so in my form of spirituality it's the connectedness with the world i'm in with the people i'm with and with mm -hmm. the universe and the way that it flows mm -hmm. so that's why i actually do if i did relate to anything closely it would be buddhism because it's not it's a preaching away of a lifestyle of a collective space I love, what did you say, arousing the... Arousing the bodhicitta. I love that. <laughs> it's like arousing that. Yes, yes. See, so that makes... That's like the language we use yeah. in Buddhism, you know? Yeah. Like it is very sensual. It's very sensual. And yeah. so it's the connectedness to one and the connectedness to all. And something I really love is, like Joe Dispenza's practices, it's getting into this meditation of realizing you are nothing but everything. Yeah, emptiness, but emptiness is everything. Yes, So containing that's where my spirituality lies. In terms of what the word queer means to me, I am a proud bisexual woman. They do exist. We do exist. For you bi-erasure people, <laughs> I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing at you. Bisexuality exists and we're not confused, but again, it's interesting, especially with the way I've seen my bisexuality, it connects to the connectedness to all into one. It's like my attraction gets to open up the doors for me where I get to explore anybody and everybody yeah. in their own way. And also, I think queer, we get to really understand people on a different level. Because mm -hmm. you and I, we get to, like in kink, switch. Mm -hmm. We switch between masculine, mm -hmm. feminine. We play with the energies. We mm -hmm. switch between dominance and submission. So dare I say that queer people are a full-spectrum human being. That is the whole idea behind spiritual queer, you know, is that like queer liberation is human liberation, sexual liberation is spiritual liberation. Mm -hmm. Like it's all, to me, it's really all the same. And we're, exp we're all exploring it in different ways. You have your path, I have mine. And I have to say of all my friends, not only do I get to share my sex life with you so openly, but the conversations we have about Buddhism and the mm -hmm. stories I've shared with you about my practices I've really never shared with a lot of people because yep. I keep, it's so sacred to me. Yep. And I feel like of all the people I know, you just get that. Oh, I've been so, like, I've been, poor Jane, I've been so interested in Buddhism just because I love certain aspects of it, but I want to know what it's like to be a practicing Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And so I've been railing her with questions, like, over and over. I was like, what is this? What is that? How do you become an official Buddhist? What about this? What about that? And yeah. she's just, she just takes it. I love it. She just takes it. I was I like, I got it. a lot of questions. I'm like, I will. And that's what's been so fun about hanging out with you is that I'm just like, 
I'm just, you know, I'm having just having conversations that I never get to have because you're just such an interesting person. <laughs> and I feel like you think I'm interesting. And we have so much fun. And we have these tiny little kitties that are yeah. hopefully going to get a home soon. Oh, don't fall. Don't Here's fall. Chancho and their sister Encarnacion. Mm. Yay. Yeah. It only, I, the last thing I want to mention is yeah. that question sticker I got where people were talking about their religious kinks, and someone put lesbian nuns, and I said, <laughs> I happen to know one. You're like, she might not be the nun you're thinking of, but she is a lesbian nun. Yeah, so in case any sort of religious fetishism wanted to come your way, just know you can definitely be a lesbian nun We're in Buddhism. We're so open to it. <laughs> We're so open to it. And yeah. no one will shame you for being a lesbian nun in Buddhism. No need to hide. Yeah, I, th I think so. I, I think so. You <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, we'll find out like, later. <laughs> nuns do take vows of celibacy that I have not taken because I will probably never take that vow in my life because I did that for 22 years. Um, not that I was celibate, but I might as well have been. Are you going to bite my cord? Um, okay, yeah, I know that I keep saying I'm going to ask you my last question, but for people who want to come be in your space, work with you, learn more from you, what are you offering? Where can you send people? Yeah, you can send over to my Instagram first off. That's probably where I have the most forms of free education. Mm -hmm. So if you want to learn, if you want to see the space, uh, that's at Julieta Chiara on Instagram. But I've recently, in the past four months, started offering one-on-one -on -one kink and sex coaching, yes. which is super exciting. So my coaching is really geared towards people that have a good under, I don't want to say sexual foundation, but they have a good understanding mm -hmm. of their body, of their sexuality, and they're excited to start exploring that energetic space that we talked about this mm -hmm. entire podcast, mm -hmm. to start pushing their limits and to start really... I love it. Getting confused about what you thought was right or wrong. Start stepping into it. Start getting exciting. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, I am not here to bring you to your divine feminine, my friends. I am here to bring you to your unhinged feral possum type vibes. Yes. Yeah. I want your unhinged animal. It's like, what? There was a song. It's like, what do you want? Who are you? Who really are you in the dark? And I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. So the one-on-one -on -one coaching has been wonderful. But for those who really want to just dip their toes or maybe have something fun to do with their partner, I do offering a course called Discovering Kink, which mm -hmm. is completely mm -hmm. do at your own pace, learn the basics, and from there you can get started with creating scenes yes. and discovering what sensation you like and asking for what you want without shame. Start getting dark and dirty. I love it. As the tantras would call it. As the tantrics would call it. <laughs> Yeah, go check out her course. I will link all of that mm -hmm. in the show notes for people. And Julieta, I'm just so grateful that you exist, not only for my own well-being, but you just are inviting the world mm -hmm. to, like, you're, you're just inviting all the people of the world to just be the fullest expressions of mm -hmm. themselves and to not have any shame around how amazing living this human life is. Mm -hmm. And I'm so lucky to have you as a mm -hmm. friend and the world is so lucky that you exist Aww. in it. Thank you for yeah. having me, Jane. Yeah. We're both doing the same thing. You do the inside, I do the outside. <laughs> really though, it's freaky how much our work is similar. You lube up the inside, I lube up the outside, and then they come together. Poof. And then you're just an awakened motherfucker. The spiritual screenshot. The spiritual screenshot. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> thank you for having me, oh, Jane. Thank you so much. I love you. Ciao, people. Ciao. Ah.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it felt inspiring to your being. Please share this show with someone who you think might need to hear this message today. Spread the love and spread the light. And if you really loved it, you can leave us a rating and a review so that even more cool homies can tune into this show as well. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one or joining one of my programs like Sunrise or Sanctuary, check out my website, janelion.me. Links are all in the show notes. May you go into the world today and be more kind, more compassionate, and more loving towards yourself and others than you were yesterday. And I love you. And I cannot wait to see you for the next episode.